the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth, and I am honored and privileged to be here with you today. Uh, I was just talking, we're live here in the KKHT studios, and I was just talking with my friend Michael, who was ably producing our show, and I was telling him, you know, we're a new church plant, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and uh, there's challenges starting a new church, and particularly when you choose to do so during a pandemic, but uh, God is good. And uh, we've been persistent, and he's been faithful to us. And we had just a wonderful church service last night. We are filling out the structure of our church, and we ordained two people that have been in the ministry for a long time as pastors in our church uh, to give us uh, the ability to serve people more. You know, when one is ordained, it is an incredibly humbling experience. It is uh, the way I look at the ministry is uh, as we should, and the, I try my best, is Jesus came not to, to be served, but to serve people. And it is a place where you put your interest aside and you try to serve people and try to help bring them to Christ, because that's what it's all about, or help them through their difficulties and troubles. Jesus said we would always have trials and tribulations in this life, and I'm sure everyone that's listening to my voice can identify with that. But you know what? We have someone that we can rely on. We have the Holy Spirit to encourage us and to guide us, and we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we had that ordination ceremony, and then we uh, had a a sermon, which I'm going to give. uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit, but I'm going to give part of that here Today on the radio, and then at the end of the service, uh, a man who's been coming to our services and God's been tugging on his heart, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and um, he got a standing ovation for the congregation. It was really a wonderful way to close the service. So if you want to get in on the ground floor of a new church that, you know, God called us into the middle of the city, we're trying to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. And Jesus came, Luke nineteen ten to seek and save the lost, and that's what we feel our calling is. But in order to do that, we're not just trying to minister to people that are new to Christ. We need people who are equipped to make disciples of all nations. We need people that are mature Christians. Um, you know, that's what we're all called to do. You know, it's the Great Commission. And so if you want to be involved in that, we're involved in ministries, the outreach ministries to, to prisons and to the Open Door Mission and uh, and addiction centers all over the uh, the city and, and all over the state, and, and we're trying to reach out to people because God wants to call everyone out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And, you know, there may not be much time, either because somebody is going to pass away through, from whatever cause or because the Lord's coming back. We don't know how much time we have left. It, uh, you know, I could uh, be careful out there driving, but somebody could, uh, a truck could hit you right now. And so, 
you know, uh, it's going to be wonderful to be in heaven and say, I helped bring these people to the Lord. You know, we can't, we can introduce them to the Lord, but the Holy Spirit's got to touch their heart. So let's pray. Father God, we just uh, are so grateful to you for just how wonderful you are, your grace and your forgiveness. And Father, we just ask that you continue to give us strength to to be your ambassadors on earth and to, to glorify the kingdom. We give you all glory because everything that's good in our lives comes from you. And we thank you for your grace, your love, and your your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's get into it. You know, uh, we've been in a little bit of a, of a series about intimacy. We started with intimacy on the Bible with the Bible and, and looking at some treasures in the Bible and some of the structure of the Bible that uh, a lot of us don't realize. And now I want to talk about intimacy with Jesus because, you know, God knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. He knows our hearts. And I want to tell you that I believe that God is obsessed with us. <laughs> you say, well, that sounds kind of funny, but we are made in his image Let's go to the Bible, Colossians, for by him, Colossians one sixteen. for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Revelation 4.11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So everything's been created for God, by God, and for his pleasure. And I'm sure um, that the amazing things that he's created, this universe that's beyond our comprehension, black holes and, and red dwarf stars and nebulae and things that are beyond that. If we got into a rocket ship and traveled today, it literally would take us a billion years and we wouldn't be to the end of the, of the, of the universe. God is so magnificent. But he chose us to be created in his image. And he gave us this wonderful book that I'm holding in my hand and patting right now, uh, his word, the Bible, the Holy Bible. He gave us his word, and this, is, this Bible is God's love letter to us. It tells us the story of God's efforts over time to have a relationship with each of us, from walking in the cool of the day of the garden with Adam. <laughs> that is so spectacular to think about that. The cool of the day, Adam. Uh, to sending his son to die for us. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How many of us would send our sons or daughters to die for everyone else? I mean, to that, to sending the Holy Spirit to indwell within us, to guide us and encourage us in life. He's so good to us. And this whole Bible is about his efforts to have a relationship with us and, and about all the things that we've done to turn away from him. But yet he's still there with his hand out, wanting to have this intimate relationship with us. And I want to suggest to you it's an intimacy beyond our understanding. And that no matter what your relationship is with God, and many of you that are hearing my voice because you're listening to this station, you have a very close relationship with God. You've been walking with the Lord for years and years and years. He wants it to be more intimate. He wants it to be closer. And if you're just brand new... And if you're just listening, there's a whole secret world out there that God wants to have this relationship with you that you can have that is just magnificent. David knew this. If we look at Psalm 139, David wrote, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
David asked, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your works are wonderful. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God, David knew this. David knew about this relationship with God. He was a man after God's own heart. He knew what an intimate relationship God wants with each of us. Did you ever wonder why God knows everything and why God is everywhere? Well, in order to be obsessed with you, that may sound funny, but each and every one, didn't Jesus come and die for each and every one of our sins? Weren't each and every one of our trillions and trillions and whatever bigger number, my little niece asked me, what's the biggest number in the world? Google or something like that. Whatever, that's how many sins we have committed. And yet he died, he tacked every one of them up on the cross. He wants a relationship with each and every one of us. You know, sometimes at night, you may sit there and you may stare at your child as that child is sleeping and you may think you may thank god thank you for allowing me to be in this child's life or you may do it with your spouse thank you for god for joining me with this wife making us one thank you for giving us this life together you're so good god thank you so much i'm going to suggest to you that when you go to sleep tonight god's going to be staring at you thinking the same thing Just how glad he is that he made you. Just how glad he is that you do things to serve in his kingdom. You know, as parents, we all want our children to honor and obey us. Not because we're trying to be tyrants, but because we want them to have a good life. You know, go to school, study, do good. You know, have have ambition. Uh, Don't hang out with the wrong people. Don't do drugs. Don't drink. You know, we want them to obey us because we want them to have a good, abundant life. Didn't Jesus come for the same thing? Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, you will obey my commands? Didn't Jesus say, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy? I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's why Jesus came, because he's obsessed with each and every one of us. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. You know, Jesus calls us friends. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Well, think about that. As the Father loved Jesus, God is love. God, His whole nature is love. He is a love, a agape love beyond what we can understand. And Jesus is telling us, this is a red letter in the Bible, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Jesus says in John fifteen twelve, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He says, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I have called you friends. That, you know, that's the kind of friendship that Jesus is talking about there. Have you ever had a best friend? My little niece, who we have the pleasure, the, the honor of raising right now, 
She's had seven of them this, this school year alone. But, you know, I had a friend, Randy, when I grew up. We were on a championship Little League baseball team together. When I went through my difficulties before I came to the Lord, Randy prayed for me. He's a wonderful man of God. I'd do anything for Randy, and Randy would do anything for me. That's the kind of friendship that Jesus is talking about right there. He laid down his life. And, you know, we all have friends that, that were that close to it, at least if we know Jesus, if we know love in our hearts. Jesus, throughout the Bible, he calls us the bride. And, you know, when I first came to Christ, I didn't quite understand that. But I do now. I do now. It's a wonderful thing. We, he's the bridegroom, and we're the bride. In fact, in John 3.29, John the Baptist said, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The, 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 uh, John's disciples were, were griping. They were saying, hey, that guy you, you introduced us to over there, on the, everybody's going to him on the other side of the river. And John was calming them down. Don't, don't worry. He said, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits, that was John the Baptist, and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. John the Baptist knew who Jesus was, and he was honored to have walked before him to introduce the world to him. And Jesus is the bridegroom, and we're the bride. In fact, in Matthew, and that's, Jesus makes reference to that throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament. And in fact, we have in Matthew chapter 25, we have the parable of the ten virgins and who are waiting for, for their bridegroom. And as you recall from, the, from the, uh, Matthew, five of them are ready with their oil. Last night we anointed these pastors with oil. And, and that's a, a, a symbolism of the Holy Spirit in them throughout the, throughout the, the Bible Oil is used. It's it's important. It, it denotes protection, because back then shepherds used to put oil on their on their sheep to protect them from insects from crawling in that would burrow in and kill them into, into their brains, and and they would use this oil. And so the oil became a symbol of the Holy Spirit and and of protection. And so uh, throughout the you know uh, Samuel was called to to go anoint Saul as the first king of Israel with oil. And in fact, the Bible says if, if someone's sick in your congregation, have the elders come forth, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, and they will be healed. Oil has a great symbolism. So Jesus, these 10 virgins are sitting there waiting for the bridegroom, and five of them have their oil full, and five of them don't have any oil. They're not prepared. We need to be prepared. Again, I go back to the fact that, that any of us could be diagnosed tomorrow with cancer or be hit by a bus or have something else happen to us. We need to be prepared. And, you know, many people believe, and if you look at what's going on in the world, that we're at the uh, in the time of sorrows, that the, the, the end, Jesus is going to come back soon. I don't know. No man knows the time or hour. I'm not telling you that's going to happen anytime soon, but our lives could end anytime soon. We need to be prepared. Are you? Is your oil full? Do you have the kind of relationship with Jesus Christ that he wants to have with you? He wants to, you're his bride. You're his friend who he would lay down his life for. God, the Father, is just so wonderful. We see in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, we see, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Wow. Adoptions as his son, sons and daughters of the most high God. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Is Jesus in your heart crying out, Abba, Father, 
Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Praise God. This word, Abba, Father, Abba, Abba, such a special word. It really has no English translation. The closest it probably comes is Daddy. God is your Daddy. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know if if you have an earthly father that you're close to. Many of us were fortunate to have that, but some of us weren't. Some of us had fathers who were human and left or, or maybe passed away prematurely or for whatever reason didn't provide that role. You have a father, and his name is Abba, Father, Daddy. That's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants with you, that God wants with you. He wants that relationship with you. So last week we talked, and I want to revisit this quickly. I want to revisit the story because I think it's so important that we realize, and that is the story in Matthew 26, and I'm going to paraphrase for interest of time, and that is when the the woman comes into Simon's house and she pours uh, perfume uh, all over, or oil, all over Jesus' head. And we find out that in Matthew 26 that it's, all the Gospels have this story. And we find out in Matthew 26 that it's very expensive oil. And, and the, the disciples are, are upset with Jesus. And they, they say, this, this, could have, this could have fed the poor. And in Luke 7.37, we find out that not only is this wasteful, potentially, or at least from the human perspective, um, we find out that this is a woman who had lived a very sinful life. And in John twelve three, we find then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And in, so we find out this word spikenard. And what that means is a very expensive, obviously, type of oil because we found out in in Mark 14:5 that not only was this expensive but it was a year's wages what kind of oil could this be this spikenard well we would consider it an essential oil today it's a a you know it has medicinal properties it gives a wonderful fragrance uh throughout the house or wherever you're at it's an essential oil but apparently it was it was very expensive back then and in Luke as we compare the four gospel accounts, you know, it's wonderful. If you have four people at, at, at somewhere and then, you know, years later, they all write about what happened. They're going to have different perspectives. And so we get the full story when we read all the four gospels. That's what's so wonderful. You get the perspective of all of all, all the disciples. And so in Luke 39, we see the Pharisee saying, if this man was a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman that was. But he missed the point completely. The Pharisees did with Jesus. They always missed the point. The point is, is that Jesus came not not to to take care of those people that were well, but he came for the sick. He said, the 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 people that are well don't need a physician. He said, he came to seek and save the lost. And so that's what's so wonderful about working in when you see somebody come to Jesus and change their life. It is a marvelous, wonderful thing. I I hope that you have that you have had that experience, that you've had the experience of being involved in leading someone to Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit's got to take them all the way there, but you're the introducing them. It's just such a wonderful thing. So um, I digress. So 
this this Pharisee is criticizing Jesus, saying he wouldn't have let that kind of woman touch him. But Jesus came to, to take care of sinners, to bring sinners to redemption. God wants that no man should perish, that everyone should come to redemption. So so he says in, in Luke chapter 7, he turns to this Pharisee and he says, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love is shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. That's what's so powerful about when God calls someone out of the darkness and into his light. Someone that's had a really tough life has done what terrible things but comes to know Jesus Christ and changes their life. They have so much to forgive. I mean, so much love because so much has been forgiven. And Jesus is telling this Pharisee, this woman understands that. She understands the kind of intimate relationship that I want with people. You know, this oil is so valuable. Sure, it costs a year's wages now, but we're still talking about it in year 2021. It is the oil of intimacy. It is the oil of intimacy. Jesus is using this story in the Bible to tell us about the intimate relationship that he wants with each and every one of us. God wants you to call him Abba, Daddy. Jesus is your friend who laid down his life for you, and we are the bride of Christ. So no matter what your relationship is now, take it deeper. Spend more time with him and understand who he is and how much he loves you and how much he wants to be with you. You know, Scripture tells us, God tells us, you know, we read this Bible and sometimes we get lost in it. But God tells us in Scripture, I'm going to read lines straight out of Scripture. God tells us, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. I'm telling you, he's obsessed with each and every one of us. Do you know, you know, the Bible says, and I'm, Michael's going to look at me funny here because I'm bald, but God knows every hair, counts every hair on our head. And I actually do have some on the side, but, but you know, with mine, he counts them as they're going out. But that's how well he knows us. Do you know that we have 100,000 miles of veins and capillaries and arteries in our body? A hundred thousand miles. Are you telling me that happened by accident? No, we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the creator of the universe. The same one that made these black holes and these nebulae and these incredible things out in the universe. He made each and every one of us. He's obsessed with us. He wants a relationship with you. He tells us in Genesis, for you were made in my image. In Jeremiah, I knew you before you were even conceived. In Ephesians, I chose you when I planned creation. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live in Acts. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is my desire to lavish my love on you, First John 3, 1, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than any earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, James 1, 17, for I am your provider and I will meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. I will never stop doing good to you. You are my treasured possession. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. 
for I am your greatest encourager. Each of these are out of directly out of the Bible. I am able to do for you more than you could possibly imagine. Ephesians 3.20, when you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. If you go through tough times, turn to him. I talk about this intimacy. You know, the most intimate thing from our perspective that we think about is, is with our, our wives, our spouses, our husbands, when we want to have alone time, when we want to get away from the kids and we want to go back and close the door and we want to uh, be alone. You know, Jesus told us how to pray. He told us how to pray. Um, and he told us in, in Matthew 6, he told us before he told us the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to read it here. He says, Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Close the door and be alone. If you notice in the Bible, Jesus went alone to pray to God often. I've got some scripture on that, but I'm running out of time. I promise you it's throughout the Gospels. Hey, listen, if you want to be on the ground floor of a new church, we're passionate. (laughs) We really love the Lord, and we're just so grateful for the things He's done. And we have a heart to reach out to the lost and to to be doers of the word, please join us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. We meet Sunday nights in the Heights. Sunday nights in the Heights, 240 West 18th Street, right in the heart of the Heights, 77008. I'd love to meet you. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. But more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.